Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host for our weekly Premier League show, which the Premier League is only days away. So the countdown begins with us. Uh, we've got a full team tonight, uh, starting with Jamie. How are you, Jamie? I'm all right, Mason. Thank you very much for having me on. Good man. And we've also got Johnny. How's things, Johnny? I'm good, Mason. Thank you. Hi, lads. Uh, good to be back on. Lovely stuff. And Colin, how are you, Colin? I'm good, mate. Happy to be back on. Jamie's delighted that mum and dad are back. Um, looking forward <laughs> to tonight. <laughs> yeah, we've got to look after these, don't we? We've got to look after them. <laughs> but Jamie, let's, let's, let's get straight into it then. And uh, let's start with uh, yesterday's glorified friendly uh, in the Community Shield where uh, Arsenal won on penalties, beating Man City 4-1 on penalties, and it was 1-1 in extra time. Um just, just you know, I'll come to all of you on this. But what was your thoughts on that game yesterday? Can you know that there was a lot of different reports today that the Arsenal are ready to challenge and Man City haven't got enough firepower. But but what did you make of that that sort of game yesterday? It's one of the ones, isn't it, that you you, you look forward to the game because it is officially the first game of the English Premier League calendar. If you like, it's always traditional the league leaders, the league winners from the previous season. But it is a glorified you know, friendly. And and as much as I hate saying that, we won it last year. Liverpool, when we beat Man City 3-1 and Darwin Nunes stole the show. And look how that kind of painted the picture. Everybody was, you know, um, thoroughly, everybody was full of the plaudits after watching us do Man City last season. Um, and it didn't turn out to be quite that. So I'm a bit wary of hanging too much on that. Um, the one thing I would say is that Arsenal are about three weeks ahead of Man City in terms of pre-season. Um, Man City are still bringing players in. Arsenal look as though they've got the majority of their players in. Um, so I wouldn't take necessarily too much away from it. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that came out of yesterday was more about the referees' approach more than anything else. I think that was probably a bit of a, sta- a statement for the for how the season's going to be tackled going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah I noticed that yesterday and, and we'll touch on that the extra time shortly. But Johnny, I'll, I'll come to you on Arsenal then um, because they had, you know, the, the two big, uh, well, three big signings in there yesterday in Rass, Havertz and, and Timber. Um, but for me, I thought that Odegaard looked really, really sharp. I was really impressed with him yesterday and Saliba was good as well. But um, I know it's only sort of, you know, the first game and as we said, sort of glorified friendly, but can they, can they challenge again this season? I thought this was going to be a really simple question and you've just finished a candy challenge off guard. Um, yes, yes, they can. Uh, they've strengthened really well. I would say yesterday that Rice was 
a bit of a ghost, if I'm honest. Um, you know, I don't think he. I thought he was pretty much bang average, but I don't put any weight on that game whatsoever. I think it's a bounce game. Um, it's a bounce game for a big fancy plate, basically. That's all the Community Shield is. Um, it's the same pretty much every year. It's always a flat game. It's always a bit boring. Um, I have it yesterday. For all, he didn't get a goal. He was very much in the thick of it. And he should have scored possibly two or three. Um, so I suppose there's still positives to take for that. Yeah, he missed them. But um, he's getting into the right places. So, I mean, that could be a sign, is a sign of where he's going to play for the coming season. But, yeah, I think they can, they can mount a challenge. Um, I wouldn't say I'm 100% confident in that, but I would say, yeah, I think they have the tools to do so. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I was impressed Was impressed in parts of Arsenal yesterday. Uh, I absolutely agree with the, the, the view on Rice, um, Colin, but I'll counteract that with, I think Kovacic, Kovacic uh, signing for, for Man City has gone so under the radar. Um, I think him and Rodri in that midfield, I think, could be... Oh, just good luck getting the ball off them. But um, what I will say with City on that, obviously losing Mares, um, I think that's a that's a big blow. Do, do you think they'll go and add another another forward to? Which at times yesterday they just I know it's early, but just you just missed that little bit of, of clinical and, and that final final bit of play. Yeah, just on the Kovacic signing, that's been very Man City esque under Pep. I think I've made the point a few times. They've never really been massive on the marquee signings. There's not been a marquee signing every transfer window. I know that sounds a bit silly when the last two, the last two seasons have spent all that money in Haaland and then um, um, Grealish beforehand. But a lot of the Man City building has been the, the underrated, um, you know, quiet and steady signings, and Kovacic just really fits into that. I mean, think about. Uh, Grundewan when he signed all these years ago he wasn't a massive signing and look how he turned out and um, I, I think that's kind of the same mould we were saying before the before the pod started that it is going to be hard to predict what's going to happen between now and May because there is still a long time to go before the transfer window ends and I do see Man City um, I do see them adding Adding more attackers. Um, I thought with Gundogan and um, Mares going, Phil Ford and this is his chance to maybe make that step up. Um, I don't know if Pep fancies him as a week in week out player. Um, I think he will add value over the season, but I do think they will will add somebody somebody more. And I think it's the same way Alvarez. I don't see him getting consistent game time. I, I don't see him having a nailed on number ten right now. No, absolutely agree with that. And got to mention, obviously, Cole Palmer with a, with a terrific finish. He, he might get a little bit more game, game time this season. That was a that was a top top finish, and he does look like a, 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 a real talent. Uh, Jamie, just just on you said it there about the referees' performance, but it was uh, Raphael Varane that was heavy. He's been heavy, he, uh, easy for me to say. Criticised the the move that we're going to see more minutes added. Um, at full time, um, I think there was 13 yesterday uh, in that in that final, and um, he's he's absolutely slaughtered it and said, you know, the players are playing too much football as it is, and uh, this is just something else to to sort of add to that. I think I think it was there was there was eight minutes flagged, but I think it was a big injury during the eight minutes, which turned it into 13, didn't it? There was a head of the clash of heads. Um, I've got no sympathy for Van. 
if I'm honest. Um, you know, if you take the Premier League out and look at the lower leagues, these guys play two games, two games a week as it is. You know, these Premier League players are used to playing potentially two games, maybe three games in the week if they're playing European football as well. Um, I think the bit that stunned me about Varane's comments was mo- not necessarily more about, um, not necessarily more about the fact that this decision has been made, more the fact that the players aren't consulted in these decisions. But I think this is a result of the players. If they weren't rolling about the floor, if they weren't feigning injury, if they weren't time-wasting, then I don't think these actions would be needed to be taken. But in reality, if you look at some of the, some of the startling stats that have come out, um, I think from last season, the average ball in play for last season was 53 minutes across the whole of the Premier League. You know, if you're buying a ticket week in and week out, you don't pay for 53 minutes. Um, and I think it, it got lower the, the more you went down the leagues. I think League Two was something like 46 minutes in total average ball in play. That can't be way going forward. That's got to improve. So I think I, I think this is quite right. It worked well in the World Cup. I don't think anybody moaned about it at the World Cup. The only people I have sympathy with are essentially the away fans who maybe are relying on certain part, certain modes of transport that potentially are going to be missing that transport. But again, that's 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 a problem for the transport to sort out. I don't think that's a problem for football. Um, I think football itself needed to do something about the way time uh, has been managed. Um, I still do believe they should take it away from the ref and they should just have an independent clock and you just, you know, the clock stops when certain things happen. Why they don't do that, I've got no idea. But... Um, yeah, I've got. I have very little sympathy for Ran um, in terms of him moaning about not being consulted about it. The reality of it is, is if they weren't rolling about and doing these things, and these things, this, I don't think this action would be taken. Yeah, definitely, Johnny. What's your thoughts on this? And I just want to quickly add as well. I think I think this does suit the bigger clubs as well, or the bigger teams, because this, listen, we we all know it. it you know. Time wasting is part of part of football. It's you know in every league we see it. You know the smaller clubs go into the the bigger clubs and maybe go and go up or are holding out for a draw. But this is just this is going to make them think twice about about doing that. Sorry, yeah. Um, one thing he did say that although I agree with what Jamie said and I agree with the fact that it was something that had to be managed better. Um, it's very much World Cup-esque. You know, we've seen a lot in the World Cup and it's kind of it hit the leagues straight after the World Cup and then it kind of filtered away a wee bit. Not, you know, it wasn't as intense, but now they're bringing it back. And for good reason. But one thing Varane did say, it wasn't just about them adding the extra time. He was kind of coupling it with the increased game time that they have. So they have all these commitments. You've got all the major competitions, which you want to play in, obviously. But then you've got Virtually no downtime. You know, they finish a season, they maybe get a week if they're lucky now, and then it's pre-season, it's America, it's the Middle East, it's uh, Asia, whatever, and then straight back and into a full season. So I think what he was saying is between that and all this extra time, it's putting a hell of a lot of strain on the players. Now, he's not, I don't think he's saying, he's not saying we can't do it. He's just saying if we want his team to be playing at their best at 100%, the way things are, it's not sustainable. Which I think, I think there's some validity in there. I think he does have a few points, you know, mixed in. Some of it does sound a wee bit like whinging, but some of it seems 
I would say it's pretty good. Um, I'm quite honest though. So I'm kind of 50-50 with it. Uh, but the actual stoppages that they're going to be adding, the extra time, um, hopefully it cuts all the nonsense down. There is a hell of a lot of it. And, and you know, teams do manage games with time. You know, go up, go up a goal and then just shut, shut, shut up, shut up and do everything they can to run the clock down. So, yeah, I mean, it's beyond frustrating. If you're on the opposite side of that as a fan, you've, we've all been there. It's awful when a team, you know, does that and shuts up shop and does everything they can between play acting and everything that goes with it. So, yeah, that should cut that out, which is a good thing. But I do get what he's saying, the minutes. Colin, what's your thoughts on this? I'm like Johnny, I can definitely see both sides um, of it. But overall, as I say, it's... For a fan, it is. It's just, especially for a neutral. So me and you watching the Premier League, it's you know, it makes better watching. Aye, for a fan point of view, it definitely does. Um, you know, you, you hate it. Like, I mean, but I know we're talking about the Premier League, but the Scottish games particularly bad rating, Scotland will follow suit, no doubt. But um, I'm I'm probably erring on the side of power to the players here, and I think I think Johnny makes a good point. It's um, it has more to do with the calendar. And I think it is two very separate conversations, the calendar and um, how they manage stoppage, but one links into the other. So that's why, from a player's point of view, they they are linked, but the governing bodies need to have a look at them both separately. But we treat these athletes as robots. We forget they're human beings. And I know, uh, what would we do for their money? I'd probably work street corners for it and um, for a fraction of it. But at the same time, um, it's how do you give that 100 that high standard consistently for 15 to 20 years? Uh, we at the top level when the calendar's like that, we've got the club world cup coming in now, so that means every time there's no euros or a world cup, it's going to be filled in there. Where is the downtime over a 20 year period? And I do think, um, it's very easy to say players are whinging, but Johnny's hit the nail on the head. Well, I think there's he is, he is hitting a point Everyone's saying that how can you compete at the highest level? There's only so much you can give 100% so often um, and I think it's a far too the calendar's far too congested um, so I think that's the point he's making but as a fan, I'm happy to see less rolling about less putting the ball in the rose head Yeah, definitely, absolutely agree with with all of that. Uh, gents, let's let's just quickly touch on, on a few transfers before we move on to our our predictions. Um, Colin, actually, I want to come back to you with this one, and it's going to be West Ham. Um, they've been linked with everyone and their dog uh, the last few weeks and, and are yet to sign anyone this summer. Uh, Skamak has left um, recently. The squad's got thinner. Um, but today, uh, news broke that a deal looks set to they're going to get Alvarez from, from Ajax, who looks, who looks a good midfielder. And they've just bid uh, £30 million from Maguire. I think they bid £20 million a couple of weeks ago. So they've upped that bid. Um, a lot of rumours going in the background at West Ham. But but what do you make of, make of, make of them two moves uh, that are broke today? I think Alvarez is a very decent signing. Um, I can see the sense in that. Um, if it wasn't, if, if I was taking that in isolation, I'd say it's um, probably something that they're missing. They can go and add value. But... Just a quick Google search of West Ham um, transfer news. He's one of 
like a twenty deep rogue gallery um, of who they're linked with. Um, it does seem scattergun. They've got this money. They don't know what to do with it. So where where can we spend X amount of money on them? That's what it seems to be like. There's chat about McTominay and stuff as well. Um, so Alvarez, I, I think it, it will be a good addition to the squad. I don't see Harry Maguire. Uh, I, I'm no. This won't be popular. I know he gets a, a lot of heat, but I think West Ham's will be his level. Um, I, I think he will be a decent addition to them. I think he'll be less pressure on him. No disrespect to West Ham. Um, but I swear I know, would you pay 30 million for him? So I think, realistically, Alvarez and Maguire, probably not bad reinvestment of the Declan Rice money, but... <sighs> It's hard to it's hard to say because these two names have just came out like these are the two that clubs have said yes to or potentially got to say yes to the bids, whereas everybody else they've just been charming at everybody's door. So I do worry about the approach and where they fit in for the rest of the season. It is a, it is a definitely a worry for West Ham with the amount of players that they've you know gone after and you know I just can't believe that that rice deal was done I think in January and they've still not got their their targets in. I think it is crazy. Well, it's crazy, and uh, I think I think they're going to struggle. Go on, Jake. The one thing I was going to say is that <clears throat> I think we spoke a bit a little bit about it last week about the the potential in-house fighting that's coming out in terms of difference of opinions, and I think that the Alvarez one, Collins, right? He, he's not a my signing. He's not a my pick. This is obviously quite the you know the new technical director. The one thing I'll say about Alvarez, I remember when he you know watching him last season. I actually he's he's a bowler. The lad's brilliant uh, in terms of you know box to box. He's energetic. He loves a yellow card. Um, the only thing I would say is that he was all but signed for Dortmund two months ago, and something happened on the last day, and Dortmund pulled out. That that's a red flag there. You know the fact that I actually let them go for what I would call little money. If you go back to last season, they, they got ninety million for Anthony Alvarez is definitely a better player than totally different player, but I mean, more integral to the Ajax team. He's going for as little as thirty-five million. Um, he'll obviously be a bit a good appointment for for West Ham. There's just something about it that just doesn't seem the right fit and I don't know it might come back to me but as I said he was all but done for Dortmund two months ago and they pulled out of it I thought for some re- unknown reason um, I'm very surprised that the Ward-Prowse deals apparently dead um, bearing in mind they were only about five million out um, I wouldn't be surprised if that if they come back and go for you know go back in for them more closer to the end of the window um, but they run the risk of Southampton playing as good as they did on Friday in the in the championship. You know, um, he might, James Ward-Prowse might actually, you know, enjoy his football a little bit more. So, um, definitely one to watch. Ward-Prowse is definitely definitely one to watch. Uh, news today that Spurs were were asking about him as well. So that that you know that wouldn't be the worst signing. Uh, Johnny, um, before I come to Jamie. Uh, about Lavia, um, I'm going to come to you about the Gavardio deal um, that was signed. I believe when you boys were on the were on the pod last week, it's been complete. A deal worth 78 million, just the 78 million, um, to boost that City backline, which is already um, really really impressive. But again, it's just another really good signing from from Man City at the back. Excellent addition, mate. Um, they do have a fair bit in that position, there or about. But um, 
Yeah, Vardiol's he's he's really tidy. He was excellent last season. Um, he's only twenty one, um, and it's quite easy to forget that. I mean, following following Euro football for quite a while, and it seems like he's been about for a hell of a lot longer than that. Um, but yeah, they're getting a good player, and obviously he'll be linking up the Kovacic. Um, the two of them obviously um, play alongside each other with Croatia, so. I think they'll have an understanding in there before they even kick the ball. So yeah, I think I think it's a good move. And they've lost I don't know how many we're at now, but they've um, obviously Maris is away, Gundigan's away, different kind of player, but they've lost a lot of the what I would say was a big part of the reason they took that treble. So uh, for me I was a wee bit looking on the outside, I've, I was really surprised that they let them go. I think that's going to leave a big gap, but he seems to be bringing in the right kind of players. And I mean, listen, Pep can be a royal pain in the ass, but he's very, very astute and he brings in the right kind of players. So it's difficult to question the moves that he makes. No, he, he definitely, well, listen, nine times out of 10, he gets it right, doesn't he? And uh, I think I think this one looks like, I believe that, that he will as well. And just to finish off on, on transfers, and Jamie, I've, shown, I've saved the uh, Lavia uh, mm-hmm. news today that, that, that broke. Um, another bid rejected. Southampton are holding out for, for 50 million. Look, I think I think Liverpool are not in their position at the moment to bargain. If they really want him, um, I think they need him uh, with with obviously Henderson going uh, and Fabino. Uh, so, yeah, what's your thoughts on, on this one? As I said, there's only a few days before this this league uh, begins. Yeah, I think to call it frustrated is, is probably not justified. Um, you know. I do very believe trust. I do very trust in, in the way that they approach and they, they, they source the players. Um, I think we spoke recently in, in previous podcasts, like Lavia looks like to be a good promising lad. I don't think he's the key to what we need. I think he's part of it. Um, but it's very, very frustrating that we're ultimately going to be entering into the new Premier League era with potentially out of number six. Um, and... From the reports today, we bid forty-three million um, with two million add-ons, which is five million less of what the actual uh, asking fee is. Now that's a third bid. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Pay the forty-five million. Like, and, and I know it sounds easy just to say pay five million, but surely Klopp can't be happy with going into the new season knowing full well he doesn't have a player for every position as it stands at the moment. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, he got players in Biatic, but he's obviously wanting Olivia. This is obviously a Klopp kind of version player. Why are we diddle-daddling about five million? Um, do you know what I mean? It, it just seems, it seems, it seems poor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It seems like we're West Ham, like trying to trying to bargain, trying to get seven players for twenty million each. You know, trying to you know sell, uh, spend this deck on race money. I don't get it. Like Liverpool and 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 Time magazines and Money magazines are like the fifth richest club in terms of intake. How the hell are we bought? How the hell are we trying to skimp five million? And that doesn't even take away the fact we probably still need another two more players that's kind of seemingly gone dead in the water. So I'm like, it's it's just frustrating at the moment. I thought we started the window well by getting Sobosly and McAllister in. I thought that was pretty good. I thought that was two big signings and we can relax and just get the other ones done. But it, nothing seems to be happening at the moment. Um, I don't believe nothing is happening. I do believe stuff is happening. It's just 
surely to make these statements, to make you know the reassurance of the team and to make sure Klopp knows what we're doing in terms of what Buddy's got available, you would have these key deals done and dusted. So um, mega frustrating is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I agree with that, Jamie. And I think a lot of Liverpool fans will be will be saying uh, saying the same thing. And, and just as we talk about transfers, uh, West Ham have put a fresh bid in for for Scott McTominay. Um, for, again, <laughs> another another one. I, I like McTominay, by the way. But uh, everybody but Prowse. Yeah. I don't get that. Like four million away from Prowse. Just yeah. they were going to pay thirty million McTominay. Surely you would pay the thirty million for Prowse. I don't get that. Just scattered on it. That, that, that's, that's the rumours that you get from West Ham is they're all disagreeing on it, and, and that's what it, it, it looks like for sure. But, but Colin, uh, let's get these. Let's start with these predictions. We've got quite a few to get through, um, and I'm, I'm going to start with you there, and I'll, I'll change who, who leads. Um, so, Colin, um, who do you think will be the Premier League cha- uh, champions uh, this season, and why? Collins on mute. That's a great start. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it was me talking about sniffing um, the audio for this um, to put on TikTok throughout the season. So, uh, so, so the listeners can see how much of an arse it we've made, and uh, I have just paid, paid testament to that. Um, it, it's so difficult because uh, what I'm taking into consideration is probably that the squads now. Um, I, I know there'll be a lot of business in and out um, for September, but I'm probably taking well over starting fee and tie uh, base on that. I, I really like the look of what Manu um, are doing in terms of the what they're looking to add, but they've not got a few a few players over the line like Amrabat. Um, I think they're kind of signings are way for really challenging. Um, Liverpool, I think it's the same that the midfield issue, but so for me the the two. Most complete squads are City and Arsenal. I'm going to go with Arsenal because I think down to Pep. Pep, over his career, this is as long as he stayed at our club, right? And he's 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 always been there, waiting to win the Champions League. That is what he's been wanting to do with City. And the guy's a genius. The guy's an absolute once in a generation talent. But how does he motivate himself and his team? I, I don't know if I don't know if the players that they've signed they'd absolutely add talent, but do they re-energize the team? When there's we always talk about great teams, they eventually come to an end. The the cycle will end eventually. And since football began, I think this is the end for the beginning and the end. Pep Guardiola's Man City, and it's been lovely to watch. But I think that's the reason why Arsenal. Will win the league. Oh, what a start that is to the predictions, by the way. And that is getting clipped 100%. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Johnny, uh, good luck following that up. Uh, but Thank God you went to Johnny next time. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, mine's um, mine's a straightforward. I'm just going to say Colin's been on the glue. And I'll go City. <laughs> That's your rationale. <laughs> no, I was saying, I think, I do think Arsenal have, like I said a while ago, that Arsenal have strengthened really well. And I think they will improve. But they fell short by not not far off quarter of a season, which is quite a bit. The business end, they lost it. 
So, yeah, City have lost a couple, but they've also brought in some. Um, yeah, I don't think it's quite at that stage for City just yet. I think I think they'll have too much. Yeah, I think that's going to be an answer that we get uh, quite a lot with these. But, Jamie, to, to finish it off then, um, is there someone else that, that could get thrown into this, this title? Do you mean oh, another team that play in red? I don't know. Um, you know, do, do, do you know what? It's like I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up with a reason why not Man City. Do you know what I mean? Like that's probably the best way to approach it. <clears throat> Where I think City will struggle this season is, in my opinion, they're Holland injury away from oblivion, oblivion, like because they don't have the backup of like a Mares any longer. The, you know, Jack Grealish is a wonderful player, but probably averages about 10 goals a season. Phil Foden's probably about the same. But then they're very, very thin. And I think, you know, if if Harlem was to just, you know, stub his big toe in a big door somewhere, you know, over the important period of Christmas, where do their goals come from? Because they're not going to come from Kovacic. He, you know, he's too much of a defensive player. I'm going to go out on a limb and say... Arsenal are a better package as it stands right now. And I think because of my rationale, I think Arsenal are probably going to have a better season and I'm going to go for Arsenal to win the league. Interesting. Interesting. So we've got two, 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 two there. So uh, that's, a, that's a good start. I want a bit of difference here tonight. So uh, I'm quite, quite happy with that. But Jamie, I'm going to stay with you then for your... Again, boys, uh, I know you want to run for every team here, but I'm I'm, I'm going to ask for your top four, and uh, and in order. Oof, oof. So me first, right? So, I've obviously I've gone Arsenal number one. I'm going to go Man City two, Man U three, Liverpool four. That's that's my top four. Um, I think again, going back to the rationale, I think City will probably have some kind of intake come the end of the transfer window, and they can do the same again in January. Um, but so can Arsenal in terms of goals. Um, Liverpool, you know, Manchester United look a really good package at the moment, and I think it's all down to how this lad Hoyland starts. If he hits the floor running. Like you know, that's that's a really good team in terms of going forward in defensive shape. So I I expected a good season from them. I've got to say Liverpool purely on the basis of they'll probably score a hundred goals and let in ninety nine. Um, I think most of our points are going to come from like three two games, just because our defence seems a bit shaky at the moment and the lack of the midfield um, defensiveness. But I do think we'll score a lot of goals. Um, and I think that'll outweigh teams like Chelsea and Tottenham. Um, so that'll be my top four. Interesting. Interesting. Colin, um, to follow that on, any different? Um, similar, similar, just slightly different. Um, I've got Arsenal, City, who's your top two. Again, City are going to, like, they're still a phenomenal team. I just think Arsenal will edge it. Based on the squad now, I... I've changed this about I've changed third to third to fifth um, so many times. I'm going to go Liverpool. I do think they are going to pull a lot of teams away. They will be go at it defensively. But I'm going to go Liverpool, then Chelsea. Um 
I think I, I fancy Liverpool over Man U. So it's between Man U and Chelsea for the fourth spot. And I think not having European football for Chelsea will give them um, a lot more time to regroup and use our squad a bit better as well. And I think I think that's the only reason. I don't think it'll be much between them. Uh, so Chelsea, I'm going to go fourth. Interesting. Good pick. Good pick. Johnny, what's up for, mate? Uh, okay, City. I think second's going to be Man United. I think they are on the ascendancy. Um, I still think they're a wee bit off it and a wee bit more to go. Uh, probably a couple of additions um, away from being where they want to be. And they do have a, I would say, kind of a, not the best in depth. They've still got a lot of players there who they really should be moving on. But yeah, I still think, I think they'll pip it. I think they'll take second. I think Arsenal may be a wee bit off it um, in terms of points, but I don't think there'll be much between it. I'll put them in third. Fourth was my dilemma. Um, I think Liverpool are going to be improved and I do think they're going to be dynamite. Their front five pretty much is, is on paper, it's, it's ridiculous. And we've seen pre-season, I know pre-season really means nothing, but they are scoring a lot of goals, but they're also conceding a lot of goals, and that worries me. So, no, I'm not giving them fourth. I'm going to go fourth. I'm going to go something different. I'm going to put Spurs in fourth. I think Spurs are going to be really improved. Right now, by the way, what I must say, what I must say is this completely relies on whether Kane stays or goes. If Kane goes, then I'm going to put Liverpool there. I don't think he goes. Yeah, no, I think he stays. No. He's, I mean, I end of the day, staying. to take him out of the team, it's, it's huge for me. So if he stays, which is looking that way, I think they are going to pip fourth. I think, I know Big Ange is now the most favourite in the, in, this, uh, in the street, but he seems an excellent man manager, and I think that's what they need. So, yeah, I'll put Spurs in fourth. Kane dependent. No Kane, Liverpool. I think, I think that's a that's a, a fair shot. Um, I didn't have the same bottle to, to put, but I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Kane is, is going to be, I don't know, I keep changing my mind daily, so uh, with that in mind, but yeah, I've gone with uh, City, Liverpool second. Um, I think we'll see a much improved Liverpool team this season. Arsenal third, and I'm surprised no one's mentioned them, but maybe I'm, I've gone Newcastle fourth. Um uh-huh. European football will ruin them. Uh, I, I think, they, I, I think they'll finish top. They'll finish top ten. That's about the work this season. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll set, maybe just for, for one signing they've made, uh, which I'll comment to a little bit. Have, later. We, have, we, have we got a pick for shock of the season? Eddie Hell to be out by Christmas. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Friend Call of the pod. Friend of the pod, Eddie Howe. <laughs> Keep his name out your mouth. <laughs> Johnny, let's uh, let's start with, with, with you on this one then. So that's top, our top fours all done. Um, now it's the, the two Europa League. Europa League places. Who, who do you see going into to, to them two? Sorry, who's this one for? Johnny. Johnny, sorry, mate. Johnny, sorry. Sorry, I missed the name at the start there. That's, that's right. my bad. Uh, Europa. 
I need to shimmy my list about because I just threw Spurs in there to be really controversial. Now my list looks like that. Um, okay, Europa, I'm going to go with. Where am I going to go? That'd be Liverpool, and that would be, I don't know, Chelsea. Liverpool and Chelsea. Um, I already gave the reasons for Liverpool. I think they're going to be really good, really improved this season. But I think defensively it could cause problems. I think Chelsea are going to be really improved too. The the news and Cuckoo getting injured is an absolute kick. Uh, it's, a, it's a really, really dull one. I was looking forward to seeing them. But I think the lad Jackson could be the difference this season for Chelsea. I think he could be a big, big player. So, yeah, I'll go with Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah, good picks. Good picks. Jamie, who's your two in there? Getting there. Um, I'm going to go Tottenham to finish um, fifth. Um, and I'm going to go with Villa. I think Villa brought excellence in the, in the preseason. Um, the natural selection would be to pick Chelsea, but <clears throat> Chelsea's are going to be missing people through injury, which John has really touched on. But that midfield still kind of gives me worry in terms of how good it could actually be. Um, I think Villa probably looked like a more... Um, a more attacking team. They're ones up. They're, they're one to watch for me this season. I think. Um, yeah, I think they'll do well. Um, so I'm going to go for them six. Yeah, agree with that. And especially you know with Villa, uh, they've obviously got Conference League football, but they can yeah. definitely put a weaker team in that and still have a fresh, uh, fresh team for, for the weekend. Uh, Colin, who's your two picks for the Europa League spots? Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur. Also, I've touched on Man U. I think um, when Johnny said second, I could have had Man U anywhere between second and sixth. It's just my worry about them is if they don't get the signing, the first choice signings, do they take the West Ham approach and just start taking, I don't know, fucking Gal McGregor for Celtic. I've seen the links of the backups for Amrabat and it's like Onana for Everton, Adams for Leeds and it's a big, big drop-off and I think they will they will have that. Um, but I'm going to put them fifth. Uh, I'm going to go Spurs six as well. Again, I think um, they may have a wee bit of a shaky start to get used to it, but no European football. They can focus on the league. I do think Ange is a good man-manager. They, they play direct quick, progressive football, um, well, he'll get them setting up. All very much independent, but I think they'll come six. Yeah, yeah. And the next one, boys, is the, the Conference League. Uh, Colin, I'll, I'll, you can go first on this one. So who's your next pick for the, for the Conference League? I really wanted to say Brighton because um, um, how well they've done uh, this season. They were so fun to watch, but again, I think they're going to suffer the same fate as Newcastle. They're going to struggle with European football. I'm going to go with Villa. Um, again, I think the Conference League, um, Villa have added more depth, I think, than what they did have last year um, while keeping the crux of their, their squad. Um, they are really on the ascendancy. I'm going to give them the, the Conference League spot again. Nice one. And sorry, I missed that. My, my two picks there for the uh, Europa League. I've gone Chelsea and, and Man United as well. So there's not there's not too much differences in this in this top seven so far. Uh, Jamie, who's your pick for, for the Conference League? I think it's a straight fight between Chelsea and Newcastle. Um, but I will go with Chelsea. <laughs> and Johnny, who's your pick for the Conference <clears throat> But same, uh, I went with Aston Villa. I think they've 
added some really, really good quality, and they seem to just be building something. Just a really, really good unit, and the, the free flow and the funny watch. So, yeah, I think they'll probably improve this season. I'll go with Villa. Villa, yeah, Villa, Villa. I said, I think they're going to be a lot, a lot of people's. I've gone with Spurs for, for that one, um, which, you know, I'm thinking, is that a little bit too low? But just the quality of that top seven, it's, it's so difficult um, for sure. But that's the, I'd say that's the easy bits. Uh, the, the easier bits done now, it's down to the, 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 the bottom end. Uh, Jay, I think I might know one of these, but uh, <laughs> your first picks on on who's who's going to be the team going down this season. I would love to say Everton would take all three spots, but I do believe there will be more than more than three teams that are going to be worse than Everton this season. I actually don't have Everton in my bottom three this time. Um, I think I think Luton are going to really really struggle. I think Sheffield United are going to really really struggle. Um, However, I do believe Burnley will perform better than the two of them. And I think Everton will perform better than the two of them. Um, so my team, my third team to go down will be Wolves. Um, I think they're in dire straits. They, they're, they're letting a lot of players go. The manager looks to be in a bit of disarray. There's a lot of problems going on there. And you could say the same about a few teams like West Ham, for example. Wolves look as though they're in, they're in the mud big time. Um it's hard to see where all their goals are going to come from. You know, Raul Jimenez has moved on to Fulham, for example. Um, so unless they do some crazy business, I think Wolves are going to be a, a real in the shit this year. So my bottom three are Luton, Sheffield United. Sheffield United just based on the fact that they're actually selling all the best players. Um, apparently, Burnley have had a deal accepted for another one of their midfielders today, Sander Berg, which, again, why would you like? all your best players go. They've, they've lost something like three of the best players that, you know, for themselves. So I think Sheffield United are going to struggle. Um, and Luton, just purely on the basis of, you know, small town time and a big time league, it's, they're going to really, really struggle with it. Johnny, uh, any differences there? I think, I think Jamie makes really good points. And I think Luton and, and Sheffield United will be, Picking, you know, people will be picking them in the majorities. But what's your thoughts? Yeah, I went Luton. That was the first name down. I think it's going to be too much for them. Um, it's a bit of a fairy tale story, but I think it's going to get flattened this season. The second one, I had Sheffield as well. Um, I've still struggled to get my head around that Paul Heckenbottom has a team in the Premier League. I still can't <laughs> process it. It's absolutely bizarre. Oh no. He has he, he he'll take them straight back down. He has to. The real heck and bottom will come out. Um third one was a wee bit trickier. I would had a couple, I had noted wolves, but I think they probably have just enough. Um I think Bournemouth are in for a long season. Being pushed, I'm gonna do Jamie a favour and be his voodoo doll. I'm gonna go Everton. <laughs> Well, what what makes you what makes you pick Everton? Um, from, from because they scraped it. It's just because they scraped it the last two seasons. It's unreal. It's you know, it's, <clears throat> and so I suppose in some ways you have to give some credit, but you can't flip that close every year, and eventually you're not going to get punished. They don't sign well. They haven't signed well for a long time. Um, the squad's terrible. Um, no, I just. I don't think they have enough. I think it has to catch up with them sometime, and it's going to be this year. Yeah, I'll get mine in then quickly then because I'm I'm with Johnny and all three there. Um, absolutely nails it with Everton. I think their uh, their squad isn't getting any 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 better. 
for, for me. I think they're not doing enough good business. And you look at the squad, it looks like the same for the last sort of three years. And I, I think this would be the year they, they do go down as well. So, yeah, my, my three picks the same. And, and Colin, to complete that, um, what's your thoughts? And, and just on Luton, just, just you know, we've seen it many a time. A team comes up from the from the championship, everyone writes off. And uh, and then they suddenly, you know, they're, they're well safe. Um, are you going for them to go down as well? Absolutely. Um, Luton have the same right to be in the Premier League as I do to be hosting the Oscars. Um, <laughs> it, it's a holiday season for them. Um, fair play to them for getting there. It's, I think it's they're going to be on the verge of the lowest points tally this season. I just don't think they've got a good enough squad at all. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a rough, rough gig. Um, you know, I, I do like the, you know me, I like the romantic side of football. I'd love to see them um, push for top 10 or like even a European spot, the whole fantasy, um, the, the fairy tale journey, but it's not going to happen. Um, I, I was thinking about Everton and West Ham is potentially going down. I do think they'll struggle, but I think Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest are my third one. Uh, Bournemouth, again, they've done anything. They've, they're strong enough. Um, I think they had a late resurgence last season. Uh, the last four months, they were fun to watch, but I think they'll revert back to type. Nottingham Forest, I'd... I'm not a big fan of Steve Cooper, um, mainly because he's got proper school Johnny vibes. Um, but they've only brought three players in, really, of note. Um, Chris Wood and Elanga for the four positions, spent 30-odd million on both of them. They need goals. I don't think they get them the goals that they need. Um, aye. Not in Forest. They're going to be my. They will finish 17th. I think it'll be a dogfight um, this time in, in May, but they'll they'll be pipped. No, I didn't even think of Forest, actually. Uh, I think Mason, I've just, got, I've just got to kick in there. Actually, read a report. There was a, there was a piece, and I think it was Sunday's paper, one of Sunday's papers. Um, there was a piece done that um, Forest haven't spent much money at the moment because they've been threatened with embargoes. Um, they've uh, apparently not paid their survival bonuses to the players or the or the agents that are due it. Um, and apparently they've promised that these payments will be made by the end of August. Um, you think of the amount of players that they brought last season, or they brought in. These agents won't be looking to move their move their, their, their you know their clients there if this is what's happening. Um, and we're talking millions. Um, apparently, there's one player that's getting several millions, um, who's no longer at the club. I think six players were released at the end of the season, um, and they are due these bonus payments as well. Um, so I think that's a little like, insight into what's going on there at the moment. Um, but they actually haven't got the Alanga deal over the line yet either. Um, Chris Wood was a, I think it was a permanent deal once the loan was completed. That, that so, was application, yeah. yeah, so I don't think they've actually went out and brought anybody physically in as, as it stands at the moment. Um, but yeah, I think Forest are, they're, they're in a bit of a mud. That's fine. Chris Wood, 70 odd million they paid for him to stay the to stay the same, to not improve. It's when you're when you're up shit creek for your finances, it, it's no it's not looking good, I don't think. And they turned that money down from Brentford for Johnson, didn't they? Yeah. Was it forty million or something? They wanted yeah. fifty. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely shocking. And if I was to pick a player who whose bonuses were, were millions to keep them up, I think we I think we'd all know who that is who Jesse Lingard would be would be my, my shout. But just before I move on, do you boys know what the you know talking of lowest point tallies? Do you boys know who's got the 
the lowest point t- tally in the Premier League history. Is it Derby? Derby? Got to be oh. Derby into it. Was oh. it like eight points or something? Eleven. Eleven was it? Sorry, boring. Yeah. Isn't it? So uh, <laughs> Luton have got to beat eleven. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Johnny, who's the who's the surprise package this season? There is always a team that comes out of the the blocks. No, I think last season it was Brighton, Brentford the year before. Uh, so who's your pick for that that title this this uh, this season? Um, surprise I went with well I kind of covered saying I thought not so much like a new team I kind of went with the surprise would be Villa would continue to improve and you know become um, maybe not a top four force but getting closer but we've already spoke about Villa and I've all gave, I've gave them kudos for giving them a European place so I'm going to go with Burnley I think Burnley are going to do well. Um, I think companies fairly looks really, really organised. I mean, they dominated the championship. I know that doesn't even transfer to the the Premier League, but yeah, I think they'll do enough. I don't think probably not mid table, but I don't I don't think they'll be flirting anywhere near relegation. I think they'll be they'll be pretty surprising to not everybody, but to a fair few. Yeah, it's not good chat. Good chat, definitely. I think a lot of people will be with that as a surprise as well. A team coming up that's getting so many plaudits to say they, they won't be going back down. I think that, that says a lot and it'll be interesting how they deal with that. Uh, Jamie, who's your pick for the, the surprise package? Does it have to be a good surprise package? Because no, you can go you can go for a, you can go for someone that that uh you can go the other way. Why not? I think I think it's easy to say there'll be a lot of teams that do a hell of a lot better than what they did last year, namely Liverpool's Tottenham's, for example. I think Chelsea may or may not. I think the surprise package is going to be is potentially Newcastle not doing half as good as they did last season. I think I think it was very much masked with, and I don't want to discredit them because I think they did they did play really really good in some games, um, but the job that they did. Um, I think was overmatched by how bad some teams were last season. And I don't necessarily think those teams will be that bad this time around. And I think Newcastle's true identity of where they are will, will come to fruition. And what I mean by that is they're, they're a top 10 team, in my opinion. Squad depth is probably average at best. Um, I, I just, I, I think I said something at the end of one of the pods on the end of last season is that, you know, we expected them to go out and spend a few million Andres, Sandro Tonali was nowhere near my, my my thought process of the kind of player they brought in. Harvey Barnes is a decent shout, but if you tell me they're potentially going to go to the Champions League and you know they're playing with people like Jacob Murphy on the wing, I, I just don't see that um, week in and week out being sustainable of where they think they should be. I think a lot of people will maybe have them in the top four this year because of how well they played, but I think the surprise package will be that... I don't think Newcastle will be half as good as they were last season, and I'll be surprised if Eddie's still there at the end of the season. And I'm only saying that because the pressures of being in the Champions League will be totally different. For example, if there was no Champions League and they had four losses in a row, for example, you could brush over that with a win in the Premier League. But if you're talking, if there's, if there's four losses and you've 
you've got to do a die gate coming up in the Champions League. I don't think they'll think Eddie Howe's a man for that. So I don't think Eddie will be there at the end of the season. That'll be my surprise. That's a I should say, one. sorry, Livramento passed his medical today as well. So it's looking like he's going to. Could we play? Is it 32 million? Yeah, 32 with add ons, I think, wasn't it? Not bad for a backup, is it? Jesus. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. Um, Colin, um, who's your to, to finish that off? I think I think Jamie makes some good points there. I'll put, I'll put him in my top four. So, uh, got me thinking, but no, I do. I, I think they've made some good signings. I do, and I'll, I'll come to one of them in a minute. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I just think Sheffield United um, are going to have a decent season. Um, and I think they'll, uh, and I'm just, for the, for the listeners, um, Jamie looks as if he's just uh, like, chewed, <laughs> a, chewed a glass of wasps. Um, what? What? <laughs> like, you're saying they're selling all the best players. That, but apart from that boy in, in Dyer that went to Marseille, I think they've done all right. In the transfer window, they've brought in Trusty, Traor. Um I don't think there's been that much attrition that they've had to go and spend, spend wholesale. I thought they were decent last year. They played good football. I just hope they don't fall into the trap of just shutting up shop um, and doing what Bournemouth done for the first seven months of last season. I actually think Sheffield United will do quite well. Paul Heckenbottom stocks quite quite low um, off at the border, but I think he's, he's a decent coach. He's, he, play, he sets up his teams to, to play the right way. He's um, all laughing. I tell you what, <laughs> Sheffield United will finish, maybe no top 10, they'll finish at least 12th. Mark my words. Sorry, I'm just laughing at John. <laughs> Get it, obvious. <laughs> no, no, listen, I, I ain't laughing at you, mate. I'm laughing at Hickenbottom. I've got experience and I've got good reason. All right, I'm not doubting you, I'm doubting him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's yeah. We wanted a surprise package, so so there we go. Um, we didn't think the surprise package would be Colin, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone with uh, Aston Villa, um, and I think that's a bit of a cop out, really, because I haven't got them in the top top six. So, uh, oh, safe think... safe pick, Stuart over there, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it is a it is a safe pick. It is a safe safe pick, but. Uh, I think they've signed really well, to be fair. But um, didn't didn't back on enough to put them in that top six. So, uh, so, so there you go. Uh, Colin, staying with you then. Uh, signing of the window so far. I'm expecting four different answers here. Um, so, so Sheffield United player, go. Benny Thrower, Sheffield United. Also top goal scorer. Um, no, this is a bit of a surprise because I've. Absolutely murder this boy's name every time I try and say it. Sobisly uh, for Liverpool. I really, really like him. When when we done the pod shortly after he signed, I, I was running raving. I, I was really looking forward to seeing um, Alexis McAllister, and then I think he will come good. But I think Sobisly is going to be going to be key um, to. To Liverpool, we know we, we don't need to repeat the issues we've got with Liverpool. Maybe a bit of stability they need, but going forward, they're going to be frightening. I think he is key to that. He can play over the course of his career. He's played anywhere in the midfield, anywhere in the front line. He's so versatile. Um, I think he's so good in the pocket. He can go either way. Um, he's good with his back to goal. He's good facing goal. He's got such a range. My only worry that if he doesn't 
if he doesn't have a, a Fabinho or Henderson type player there to compliment him and behind to cover him. But I think he's he's going to be frightening this year. Yeah, I've been really impressed with him pre-season, uh, Colin, to be fair. And uh, yeah, another player from RB Leipzig that um, people will be, be watching really, really closely. Um, Jamie, um, to follow that up, is there a Liverpool player in there in there for you as well? Um, I'm trying not to make it all about Liverpool because, you know, the, the, what the people say in the comments. So, Johnny, <laughs> are you laughing again? As if it, yeah. No, I'm actually going to go different. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, I think, for the money that they paid for him, um, Pau Torres at Villa. $32 million, um, is an absolute steal. Um, we've already spoken well how well Vardial is. Pau Torres was talked about in the same context two or three years ago. Um and, you know, a lot of teams have been sniffing about him. I think it's an absolute scoop that Villa have got him. I think he could easily be in the top five, top six teams in the Premier League. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing how he gets on. Um, and I think I said it a couple of weeks ago as well, is that they've also got another player that got a really bad injury in, in Diego Carlos. So I think the two of them coming through at the same time, I think that's going to be like a new battle line for them. So I'm going to go different and go Pau Torres as a potential signing of the season. I think he'll make a lot of, a lot of um, best people's 11s come the end of the season. Solid shot. Definitely a solid shot and absolutely agree. Um, it's a bit of a coup that from, from Aston Villa. Uh, Johnny, uh, anyone different that you're thinking in? Uh, uh, Anthony Alanga. No, I'm like I just never seen <laughs> uh, I just want to see if there was a reaction. Everybody went deadpan. So, uh, no, Slobazai is a is a good signer. Uh, I pretty much can only echo what Colin said. He, he is a really good addition. Um, he's going to fit right into that Liverpool prong. Uh, the the I think a lot of teams are going to get blown away by them. They'll probably score a few against them, but they will get blown away. Um, I think McAllister's a good addition too. Um, excellent for Brighton. Should fit right into that team. I think if Liverpool do manage to get a lab there, I think that'll make a big difference because that's all automatic replacement. I think they're going to need that. Um, I was really, really looking forward to seeing Nkuku. Uh, I oh. think he is another one, another Leipzig. But I think he's a fantastic player. And he's looked dynamite in pre-season. And we know what he can do. Obviously, he's going to be out for three months. I probably would have went with him if it wasn't for that injury. Um, I pushed to commit to one. There's so many of them that have been brought in that should do make a good difference to the teams they've brought in. Um, I'm probably just going to go along with what Colin said as well and go with Slobazai. I think um, I think he'd be the... Yeah, sorry. I'll commit to him. I'll go with him. No, I think I think it's a it's a good point about Nkunku because because he you know he pre season and, and obviously at Leipzig he looks like a real good talent and uh, I, I think he even though with the injury when he do, does eventually come come back he'll be it will show what he's capable of but I've gone with uh, Sandro Tonali uh, for Newcastle uh, I think there's some uh, Jamie's laughing at that one but I actually think there's some signings in the Premier League and I put Declan Rice in that I would rather Tonali all day long. So uh, I think he's going to shock a few people. I think him and Gamirez in that in that midfield for Newcastle is going to be is going to be. I'm going to go against you boys. I think it'll be it'll be top. Uh, but you know, I think I, even though he looks like he's miserable, 
all the time. He, I think he's a top, top talent. Um, so hopefully he settles and he, and he kicks on. And uh, <clears throat> and he backs me up with that one. <laughs> I like, I tell you one, there's obviously a bit of transfer rumour going on at the moment with Brighton and one lad in particular. And I think if they get him across the line, I think he'll be a brilliant addition to the league. And that's the boy Kudus, um, the, the lad from um, Ajax. You know, if they bring in him, like, I think that guy was sensational in the World Cup and, you know, last season's Champions League as well. He he, he just screams goals. Uh, he scores all types of ranges on him. Uh, I'll be interested to see how he gets on if he does, if, if if Brighton do get that 40 million deal across the line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll be surprised if he ends up at Brighton, to be fair. But, um, yeah. know, their, their, their recruitment as well has been, been top, top draw. Um, Jamie, same with you then. Um, top goal scorer. I think this could be a quite a quick quick round here. Um, are you going to go with the obvious? Nope. I've tried to stay away from the obvious. Um, wait, did you mean Salah or Haaland? <laughs> um, I actually, I actually think it's going to be Kane. I think because Kane stays, he's going to. This is a shot window, um, essentially. Um, I. I'm, I'm don't think he'll hit 30 goals like he did last season, but I also don't think Haaland hits as many compared to last season, just purely on the basis of what I've said already, is that I don't think City are going to struggle by any means, but I think if they've just taken so many, like Gundogan, Mahrez, we keep going back to these, these, these two players were very, very influential, influential on Man City, and they haven't replaced that. They brought in a defender and a midfielder, I don't even know where Gvadiol gets in at the moment because Man City's centre-backs are so good. You've got John Stones, Nathan Ake, uh, Laporte and Ruben Diaz. Like, which one of them's dropping? Like, uh, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it seems like they're the, the, the showing up at the back as opposed to adding more goals to the game. Now, I could be completely proven wrong, but um, I think Kane's the one that's consistent. And I think with the way Madison plays, I think that opens Kane up to score a bit, a bit more goals. So I think it'll be a straight race between Salah and Kane this season, but Kane will get it for me. No, I'm a big fan of Harry Kane, and I'm so glad someone else has gone for something different other than Harlan. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, Colin, are you, are you uh, going with Jamie or are you going to go with the old? He's stuck a trolley. <laughs> Benny Traore, right, listen, he's a laughing now, but when I'm posting this in TikTok come the, the 10th of May, uh, we'll see we'll see who looks like the mug. Most likely me. And I've been controversial enough. Haaland is an easy pick for a reason. Because he's a monster. He's the biggest myth um, is that he's he's a traditional number nine a penalty box striker. That guy can he's so rounded as a player. I don't. I, while we rant and rave about him in world football, I still don't think we give him enough credit for how rounded he is. He's so creative and he he's dangerous for everywhere for thirty yards onwards, left to right through the middle. Um, he's drawn his throw about loads of goals, and I've been controversial enough. I'm going for Haaland. Good pick, mate. It's a good pick. That that's my pick as well. Uh, I don't, it came came would be the closest for me, but but Harland, I just I think he's got another good. Johnny, um, who have you got anyone different in there? I'd have a very very hard time going anywhere but the the Nordic meat sheet. He just deletes <laughs> defenses. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Go back to last season. 
into the community shield. Well, you know, so many watched them. They actually laughed them off the pitch because you know he had a few yeah. chances, got in the positions, but didn't score, and he got absolutely crucified. Um, it's got like it three hat tricks so, in the space of like nine games after that or something. Yeah, that's the crazy part about it because it was so bloody obvious if you had watched anything he had done prior to coming and knowing how prolific he was and then taking him and dropping him in this Man City team that creates probably about the same amount of chances that the entire league does per week in one game. He was going to score goals. You know what I mean? He's going to score a lot of goals. I mean, granted, we didn't expect him to break a record every single week. He's worse than the Beatles. But he was um, just outstanding. So... Is it going to be a bit more difficult for them this season? I would probably agree that, you know, they have lost a bit of the, the spark. But that doesn't mean they're not going to tick. So, yeah, I think they're still going to create chances. He's still going to delete defences. He's still going to break records. So, yeah, I'll go with Harland. Yeah, uh, good pick. That's who that's we are coming with as well. And, Johnny, I'll stay with you um, for, for the next one. We've only got a couple more, but... The first manager to be sacked or leave. Um, this is a uh, this is quite an interesting one. But but who do you think will be the the first out the door in the madness of the Premier League sackings? David Moyes by next Wednesday. Oof. I think uh, <laughs> I think probably not as quick as that, but I think he's going to be gone soon. There's something wrong at West Ham. Whether it's between Moyes and the board, Moyes and the, the sporting director, which has been the chat, uh, the lack of players coming in, what looks like a player that probably isn't what he what he asked for, I think something is off. Um, they haven't strengthened, they've lost the star player, the captain, they've brought in a lot of money, and for what we can see, nothing is there to replace it. Plus, they absolutely scream for squad depth, they're toiling. So, yeah, I think... It'll either be it'll either be what or it'll be stacked. Don't know which, but he'd be my first one for the call. Yeah, uh, I absolutely agree with that. As I said, living sort of close to the to the London Stadium, and they what I don't understand is when Moyes is that it, for for uh, you had a poor season in the Premier League last year. Yeah, totally get that. But this is the only success I've ever known West Ham to have. So I can't understand the clamour for him to to go. And I just think that he's a Listen, I think he's just a dead man walking. I think as soon as that a couple of bad results come in, it's gonna they're gonna turn very, very quickly. And I think a lot of them have already. So yeah, it'd be my pick as well. Colin, um have you got anyone different there for, for the next No, um that get the match ball, that's a hat trick for David Moyes. Um, and I'm the same as you, Mason. Uh, he's he's a good manager, he's a good Premier League manager and I don't understand the clamour for going. Is like West Ham have written themselves into history. We we win in the Conference League. It's a European trophy. And Johnny's right as well. There's something deeply wrong there. Um, we what's going on in the background? Moyes doesn't survive. I, d- I don't think he'll he'll be gone by November because European football and Premier League football will take its toll and. It's got to the point where I think the fan base, and we always, I always say the fan base, they're more important than the owners because the owners react to the fan base. The fan base are looking for this year, so he could be sitting six in the Premier League but having a terrible time in Europe and people go to karma for him and they go, it's just a matter of time. So I think he'll be off because um, they don't have the depth to to handle um, Premier League football, never mind a couple of competitions. Incidentally, I do think he will then replace someday in January or February. 
throw a little curveball in there. But if the Rangers job becomes available before Christmas, then and David Moyes is there, I'll take him all day long. I'm going to throw that in. Uh, Jamie, are you going? Is it a full house for, for David Moyes? Or? No, 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 not at all. Um, I think Colin said it. If by by November, there'll be a bit four managers gone by November. <laughs> um, lot particularly for me. Um, as I said, kind of explained earlier that um, the the talk is today that, that apparently they're eyeing uh, already eyeing his replacement in Gary O'Neill. Um, that's obviously you know no smoke without fire if you like. Um, we've already talked about the lack of transfer activity and some of the restraints that they've got. Um, they're they're up against Man U as the opening day of the season, so uh, at Old Trafford. So you, it's like. If they get a good start, how well will they go? I just don't see them getting a good start. I think they're going to struggle from the off. Um, I think with Moyes, there's still the transfer window, if that makes sense. He's still probably got till the end of the month. Um, in terms of, I mean, the boys come back as a way and they've not got a goal coming in yet. So it looks as though there's still work to be done. From what we can tell, Wolves don't even have the ability to do any work at the moment. So I think Lopetegui will, will walk. Um, Sharpish. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think the odds on both have dramatically dropped in the last couple of days. So it's uh, interesting to see who, who moves first. And Colin, the last question then to, to round off our, uh, well, talk of myself, terrible predictions. Um, there was 14 managers that were sacked last season, which is the record in, in the Premier League. Um, how many do you think will, will get the, the boot this season? I think there will be less. I don't know what I'm basing that on, but surely, like, <laughs> surely you can't go any fucking higher, man. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. Um, I think there's quite a lot. I think some of the so-called bigger teams may underachieve, the likes of Newcastle, um, maybe even Man U and stuff, but they won't underachieve as enough to sack the managers. So I think that's at least seven or eight managers that will survive. Um, I think it'll be slightly less. So I'm going to go 11. 11. Good pick. Johnny, do you, do you, do you agree there with Colin? Do you think it will be less or will it get even worse? It'll be less because... Chelsea have got a long-term manager on there, so they're not going to be at the forefront <laughs> slicing managers' heads for fun. So, yeah, I would say it'll be less. Um, 14 was ridiculous. So, um, I don't know, maybe Colin said 10, so it need to be different. 11? Go with 11. I said 11. Just copying me. <laughs> I'll go with 10. That's what <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah, uh, listen... There has to be less. 14 is obscene. So, yeah, uh, take a wee bit off. I'll stick with 10. Jamie, I've got a feeling you're going to go higher. No. Why would you say that? No. Johnny's Johnny's rationale is exactly spot on. You remember the 14 was the record, but half of that was built up between Chelsea and Southampton. You know, had about five managers each, didn't they? I don't think we're going to end up in 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 a season like that. Um, I do believe there'll be still significant amounts, but I'm probably talking about, I think there'll be about seven or eight. Um, I don't think it'll be anywhere near 14 this time out. Um, he asked me next week, I'll give you a list of the names that I think will go, <laughs> but I, I don't think it'll be anywhere near the double figures. I think I'm, I'm going to say eight um, this time round. I think mm-hmm. clubs will be, they're not going to do the Southampton. They're not going to do the Chelsea. Um, I think a lot of these managers now, 
And what I mean by that is like you, you know, I don't, I don't think I, I see Ange being there the whole season. I see, po, I see um, Pochettino being there for the full season. You know, Eric Ten Hag. Th- these are all, you know, better. I'm not going to say world class managers, but they're the higher end of the managers as opposed to your know, your Paul Hingebottoms down the bottom, shall we say? So I'm going to go with eight. Eight. Got to remember as well the World Cup being in the middle of last season. <clears throat> yeah. So many uh, issues and things just dragged on because of that as well. And I, I agree with, with, with all you. I think it'll be less, but I'll go with Johnny's 10 as well. So that's that's it, gents. That's uh, the predictions done. Uh, we're going to be famous uh, soon with people laughing. Ooh. But uh, that's what it's it's all about. Um, last thing to do is to thank you boys for tonight. So, Colin, thanks for tonight, mate. And uh, love the bold predictions. No, oh, thanks for having me, Mason. Uh, good to speak to you, gents. Thanks for listening, listeners. And um, Benny Traor, first goal of the 2023-24 Premier League season. Get a five in on it, folks. Heard it here first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Johnny, thanks for tonight, mate. Um, yeah, you follow that up with Peckinbottom getting manager of the year as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You might even... Pull on the, the boots and grab the golden boot, take it off the meat sheet. Um, thanks for having me. As always, it's always a pleasure. Uh, love chatting. I'm just kind of coming to the realization that I predicted Man United to finish second. I'm hoping we can win. <laughs> oh, it's all done now. It's locked in. It's locked in. And lastly, Jamie, thanks for tonight, mate. And uh, yeah, Liverpool, Liverpool uh, kicking it off Sunday. So uh, not long to go. Yep, I'm absolutely buzzing that the league is back. Um, I always kind of feel a bit lost during the preseason, kind of looking forward and seeing what's coming around the corner. Um, gutted that we don't play till Sunday, but it is Super Sunday, so I'll be looking forward to that and, and away win at Chelsea. So fingers crossed, I've got something to talk about that's positive next week. Yeah, you hope so. I said the same thing last last Saturday morning, and uh, by Sunday night, I wanted uh, yeah, another international break. So uh, be careful what you wish for. We're, we're not we're not playing on a plastic pitch if that makes any help. So <laughs> very true. But uh, listeners, get your get your uh, results and, and what you think in the in the comments, and let us know if you can can better ours, which I'm sure you can. But um, till next week, take care. <laughs>